0: you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me. And I absolutely stinking love you for it. So, with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much.
1: Here we go. Um, today, as you know, as you know, I have my my Thursday segment every week, and I try to do you know a little mix up. You know, we've invited uh, people on like that were held hostage by you know, the um, foreign governments and tortured for four days and they told their story. And, you know, some, some, sometimes, <clears throat> sometimes I'll give like tangible advice on how to buy a business with no money down or all these different kinds of things. And these all come from one thing. <clears throat> they all come from my ability to connect with people, right? So that's one of the things that I do. If you've read Unleash Your Humble Alpha, which is our book, you'll know in the first chapter you learn your own personal identity in down and you boil it down to a two word moniker. My two word moniker is powerful connector. And um, I use that to to, to my advantage, to my business's advantage and to my uh, circle of influence advantage. And one of those connectors, uh, one, one of those people that I connected with is uh, Stephanie Malik. And I've invited her here today to be interviewed because she's a rocket ship. I gotta tell you, brought her on stage, she's a mod. So hello everybody. Um, um, hello, um, Stephanie, thank you for coming. I'm gonna introduce you real quick and then we can get started. Stephanie Malik, CEO of Malik Enterprises, has established a 25-year, world-class career in which she was an award-winning CEO of a global consulting firm, spearheaded multi-million dollar acquisitions and mergers, and worked with over 11 startups globally. Well, if that's not enough, Stephanie formed Smalik Enterprises with one single goal in mind. That was to help others and to promote change through her proven strategies, methodologies, and undeniable experience. The goal is to build a customer centric business consulting, executive coaching and crisis management services organization that changes the industry's business model for service delivery and creating sustainable improvements to individual organizational performance. Productivity and profitability, she's hailed as an expert negotiator and I've met her and I have no doubt and a skilled crisis management consultant in the industry. Stephanie is helping top-notch athletes, executives, and businesses take their careers and organizations to the next level, while also resolving high conflict and crisis cases for individuals and companies globally. Well, welcome Stephanie, so so glad to have you.
2: Thank you, Stephen, thank you so much for inviting me.
1: Indeed, let's hear that power. Okay, so I wanna start by saying I loved your conversation the other day. It really, really lit me up. Um we we share a lot of similarities and we have the same twisted sense of humor so um, it was really good to get to know you.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. I went from you to Jonathan Bowman Perks and I was just like flying high for the rest of the day. It was so it was just an amazing conversation to have those synergies and to ignite with somebody who you just really align with and you're able to know that that person's going to be in your life forever was really exhilarating.
1: Yeah, it's 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 funny you uh, you were talking to Jonathan Bowman Perks. I didn't even know you knew him. I was on his podcast. I had him on my buddy's podcast. He's coming to Peru with us, not in uh, not in uh, March, but in May. And and here you were. And then he made a post. I like, here we are again. Small, small world, right? Absolutely. So here we all sit right with you, this powerful woman who takes no guff from anyone. Um, you're a seven times award winning CEO who has coached over 350 top entrepreneurs and executives globally from 165 Fortune 500 companies and having settled individual and corporate crisis cases worth over $500 million. How in the heck did that happen? What was your start? Where did Stephanie come from? And what was your driving force? I I, I gotta hear this.
2: Yeah, so, so Stephen, it was, you know, again, I, I really would love to have just like a, you know, an amazing story and, oh gosh, this is kind of my, you know, light up moment. I didn't have any of that. It was really a natural progression um i grew up professionally in silicon valley in an entry level sales position um i showed up early um and i i left late i was a single mom very very young i was 22 years old um i was paying alimony to my ex husband at 23 years old and i just really had to do things differently so it wasn't this plan it wasn't a plan by any stretch of the imagination um i just i really kind of jumped in and no job was not my job so if it was washing dishes or sweeping the floors, I would jump in and do it. If somebody had been working late for you know, projects, I would jump in and help. Whatever it was, I just did it. And the one thing, looking back now after doing this for so, so many years, I, you know, I constantly you know, look at KPIs or look at you know, what is the key differentiator. And I think that I was just willing to say yes and And learn even when it wasn't things I was interested in. I had no interest in you know product development or in you know metrics financing or any type of things like that. And what I did was I would just go in and follow people and ask really strong questions. What ended up happening, Stephen, was my normal and my natural questions i i I really kept quiet for a long time, so we would kind of we would go into a room with like venture capitalists or boardroom people, and people would ask just the same questions every single meeting I was at people asked the same questions and those were not natural questions in my head so i I kept quiet for years and years. I just took notes and I listened and I was a sponge and I just really paid a close attention to what other people were doing and then one day I just had enough I think by this time I was like twenty six I was a director of a a publicly traded company, Um, you know, way too young to be a director at 26 years old. Um, But I I had been promoted in this position. And I was like, I'm going to make the best of it. And we went into a room with a bunch of executives and we were trying to solve a problem. And I was by number one, I was I was the youngest in the room. I was the least educated in the room. I was the only woman in the room. And there's probably 12 to 14 people. Some of the guys were leaning against the wall and there's this big problem, you know, are, are we going to, you know, take the company back private or, you know, are we going to stay public? Are we going to try and get, you know, funding? Like, what are we doing here? And I remember I just, I stood up and very peacefully asked a question and, and, and Stephen, there was complete silence. Like everybody stopped talking. Everybody turned around and they just looked at me. And I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Like I was having a heart attack. I literally felt like I was gonna pass out. And then three or four of the board guys leaned back in their chair and they're like, why haven't we ever thought of that? And the conversation quickly spun into much more positive, much more productive. It almost gave other people uh, permission to ask better questions. From then on, I just really started going down this model of asking better questions, not setting agenda of oh this is my agenda but really finding out what people were wanting and needing in their in their industry i was head of strategic alliances and high-tech partnerships i did co uh, co-development deals co-technology deals for huge companies i mean back in the day steven monster.com you know we did a 45 million dollar tech deal with them we were doing you know deals with PeopleSoft and oracle and siebel huge huge deals that were you know making the paper left and right and so I started doing this and I was quickly recruited away to several different tech companies. And the one thing I continuously heard just all of the time from every single CIO or CEO I met with, they were just blasting the consulting firms. So the Accenture's, the Deloitte's, the IBM's, you know, the PwC's and it was always the same thing. You know, they they get in here Monday afternoon, they give us some suggestions and they leave, you know, Thursday early morning. And they stay at five-star hotels and they drink all week with their buddies. And then you were hearing the same thing from the consultants. You know, you were hearing, they don't even take my advice. I missed my daughter's first step. I didn't get to go to my son's graduation. And I just wanted to figure out a way to marry the need and make it really thoughtful and and really consider it to both sides. Um, I had absolutely no consulting experience at all, but you know, I'd always been one hundred and eighty percent of quota for sales. Um, I was the thoughtful leader that would walk away when the, when the company didn't need us. I remember getting written up, Stephen, I walked away.
3: Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorningfive.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your
2: day. From a meeting that took me three and a half months to get, and I walked away from the meeting because they didn't need our service. and. They, just, I mean, play it however you want. They didn't need our service at all. They just didn't. And we got in the car and he pulled out his briefcase and set it on his lap and he started writing. He's like, I need you to sign here. And I'm like, what is this? And he's like, I'm writing you up. You didn't ask for the sale. And within two or three days, I gave my resignation because it was all about the sale and not all about the user experience or or what the client could get from us. It wasn't about building long-term relationships. It was about transactional sales. And I just wasn't a part of that. So fast forward i ended up starting a company a consulting firm in 2002 um i started with absolutely i mean think about this 2002 one of the worst economic downturns um i started it with a cell phone and a loan for 1500 um and no seo no linkedin no facebook no google adwords no help single mom and I just said, you know what? I'm going to do what I do best, which is build relationships. I'm going to call people and I'm going to ask them, you know, what is going on for them, not really expecting anything, but trying to just really find out how I could set my side. Uh, sorry, set myself apart from from other people in the industry. Um, within three months, I had billed and collected 2.7 million dollars. Tom Siebel was my very first client. Um, Boeing and Honeywell were the inter- the people that we integrated for. And from there, built a multi-million-dollar global firm. Um, Really, it was kind of like a baby Accenture or a baby Deloitte. It was just a more thoughtful process, and our key differentiators were response time, how we treated others, and um, what what it looked like from a respect you know from a respect aspect. Meaning, if we're going to integrate software, I want to know what problem that we're solving. I want to know what risk we're mitigating, and I want to know the purpose. What's the measurement of success? Um, Did that for 16 years. Had a one percent talent turnover and just really loved working um how executives connected with their teams i started noticing that there wasn't a great connection there wasn't a ton of self-awareness there wasn't a ton of self-actualization there was absolutely no empathy Um, People didn't know how to ask hard questions. People were very tentative whenever they would speak. And it wasn't good environments. And these were large companies that had, you know, kind of, if you're in front of me, you know, air quotes, powerful leaders. So I started taking a look at what does it mean to lead? Like, what is a powerful leader? And I decided that I wanted to get more into the human aspect um, of consulting, you know, changing leadership behaviors really focusing on what worked for leaders what was their measurement of success how would they feel successful um and not a metrics that maybe the company or the board put for them but actually their own uh, metrics so i i i tendered my my resignation i stepped away i'm still chairman of the board um, until the end of 2022 and i started sme which is s malik enterprises and we focus on all aspects of business consulting. So, you know, who's your team? Why is that your team? What is your business strategy? Um, you know, what are your pivot models? Who are you from an operating system standpoint? Like who, how do you, what makes you tick? Where are there growth opportunities that you see? Where are their growth opportunities that others see? And really kind of getting deep into how you connect with your clients, your customers, your vendors, um, and, and ultimately your your team. Um, And so we did that. So we do business consulting around strategy, around uh, retention models, around audience. Um, Our second line of business is executive and high performance impact coaching. Um, This is real, real coaching. This is not, you know, life coaching. This is not, you know, make you feel better coaching. This is deep skilled. Go in, find out what's working, what's not working and work with a senior executive for six months to 18 months um, on every aspect of their personal and professional development. And then the third line of business is crisis management. Um, and Steven, this is, this was kind of a newer model for us. And how I got down this road was after starting the company, I got a phone call from a venture capitalist and he said, I think I have a crisis, you know, would you check it out? And I jumped in and I, I, I absolutely decided to help where my skill set was, was absolutely zero um when i found out what the actual crisis was which was money laundering and misappropriated funds i called him and i told him and i talked to him and i said hey you know i i think i have found something but i, I want to maybe give it to a couple other people and i did and i, I vetted it out and it was a three million dollar scheme that turned out to be a 36 million dollar scheme the claim to fame here if you will is whenever i called him to tell him i was really excited to tell him because i i'd pretty much worked it out how it had happened and what we needed to do and he said okay great stephanie great job fix it and he hung up and i was like uh uh like i didn't even have any idea what to do when he said fix it so i I waited five or ten minutes i figured he needed a little bit of time to cool off because i figured this was extremely shocking for him and i called him back up and i said So when you say fix it, um, what exactly, and he's like, Stephanie, there's no one in the world that I know who's better connected than you that has true deep relationships. I need you to fix it. You figure out how to fix it. You come back to me with a plan. And so I did. Um, I, I knew what I needed to do. This, this person had holdings in three different countries. I knew I needed to you know clamp down with an NDA. I knew I needed to get a commercial representation. I know I needed to get a lot of people to act very quickly. Um, I knew that I needed to get all the money back to the company. Plus I needed a massive consequence for the, for the person who had done it. And we were able in 96 days to get the entire amount of money paid back, plus 13% restitution, plus get you know the family services um, that were needed to get them through this crisis. Um, and all of this was done with the thought of making the company whole again and keeping this as um, as as contained as possible so everybody could keep their jobs except for the, pe- the person who had actually done the crisis. After it happened, I was so elated. I was so excited, Stephen. I was just like, oh my gosh, that was it was really awesome to help somebody who had helped me so much in my life and helped me so much with my companies. So I came back to the, to the U.S. and I and I said, hey, here you go. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity. And he started laughing at me. And he's like, oh, you think we're done? And I was like, wait, what do you mean? And he said, you think we're done? He's like, this is a real thing. He's like, I've got four others for you to do. And so from there, this was 2016, we've had 39 crisis um, clients and one, only one has ever, ever gotten to media. Now, one thing I wanna clarify is, is the the people who do these crimes, these, you know, whatever, these athletes, these celebrities, these executives, the, the private private equity, private wealth, you know, um, highly visible people, they still have every bit of consequence. So I don't want people to be like, oh, you know, Stephanie is getting these people off. It's not like that at all. They still have every single bit of the consequence. They just do so without the the media, and and Steven, my reason for that is this person who we actually ended up um, getting through this crisis, his wife had stage four cancer. And when I look at how this would have played out for him and his five children and her, those were my biggest concerns. What What were we gonna drag the family through? Um, We've had other incidences where we've gotten the case in the middle and, you know, we have paparazzi or we have, you know, media hanging out of, you know, second and third and fourth grader schools. um, And it's just really painful for the family. And so the consequence pretty much stays the same. We just move them through the journey a lot faster um, for a lot less money and, um, you know, in, in in a much more private manner. So there you go.
1: Good Lord. So I see a few, a few things that I think would pop out and maybe um, some clarification would be great for those those listening. Uh, The first thing I noticed was gumption. So you stood up in that meeting and you said what you had to say. Second thing I saw was gumption again, where you said, I'm going to start my own business. Um, And then I see this taking on um, new things that you've never done before. And then number four was you obviously had mentors and you were, you spoke a little bit about one, can we, I going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reset the room for a second. But after that, I want to ask you a question. If we can go back to that time you stood up in the boardroom, take a, take a moment and I'm going to do the, I'm going to reset the room. You don't mind. Okay. Sure. All right. So here we go. It just disappeared. The reset. There it is. Okay, good. So you're, you're in breakfast, the champions, the millionaire club. We're here to bring you motivation, education, and inspiration from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Monday to Friday. Monday to Friday, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Saturday, and Club 111 on Sundays, along with incredible sessions from the top thought leaders, moving all moving moving. Oh, sorry, top thought leaders all morning long. We have breakout and pop-up rooms throughout this afternoon and evening. This includes the amazing social media show each day at 11 a.m., plus celebrity interviews and trending topics, and much much more. We don't want you to miss a moment. Make sure you're with uh, you're following the Breakfast with Champions Club on Clubhouse by clicking the little green house at the top of the screen and be sure to follow us on social media to be first to know as we expand to more social media platforms. Okay, so, Stephanie, um, take us back to that day in the the boardroom. What, What had you fed up enough to stand? And then what gave you the power to stand? Sorry, I lost my mute button.
2: Um, so gosh, that's just such a great question. So, so Steven, you know, I think the thing that really got me frustrated was it was a giant mix of the same question over and over again. And and I, I just, and, and there was so much integration into the question. Like, you know, somebody would ask it and, you know, by the way, I was in a room with insanely intelligent people. These weren't, these weren't a bunch of slouches. These were people that, you know, were venture capitalists and, you know, part of Kleiner Perkins or part of Crystal Ventures. These were people that had done four or five ventures and, and were very successful. But the same questions kept coming up, just in a different version. And this was probably, you know, I, I don't know, maybe my twentieth or thirtieth meeting with this company over the last year and a half in this setting. And and I I was very timid. Don't don't please don't don't think that I just stood up and you know flipped a table over and I was like, hey, let's do things differently. <laughs> I literally. I mean, now, maybe nothing, yeah, um, exactly. but, but I stood up and I was very meek and I, and I think I even had like a, a folder in front of me cause I was, you know, protecting myself a little bit. And I said, Hey, you know, what would happen if we asked some different questions? And then I kind of named one or two questions. The silence felt like it was a strong five minutes. Um, I think it was, it was probably closer to 20 or 30 seconds. And I'll never forget the gentleman who who actually leaned forward and started taking notes again. And he said, why don't we do it? Why don't we, why don't we, why don't we explore some of those questions? And I sat down so fast and, and Stephen, I think I sat down so fast because I really believed I was gonna pass out. And I was just like, okay, somebody has actually talked, now they're gonna move forward. And then everybody kind of turned their little swivel chairs and directed at me and they're like, Stephanie, give us some ideas of how you think this should go. Well, I hadn't thought that far, Steven. I hadn't thought of how this should go. I just thought of these are really stupid questions and we need to ask better questions if we're we're looking to get better results. So that's kind of that aspect. Um, the gumption was I want to make a change and I wanna be a, a, I wanna make a difference. We had you know what I did? I, I actually was in the room and I was thinking about the people's salaries that were in the room. So I knew one of them because one of them had just gone public. So I I knew one of the salaries. And I was thinking if we take, if we, if we subtract half, so if we take 50% of that away and then we multiply that times 12, we're at millions and millions and millions of dollars in this room over the last 20 meetings. What the hell are we doing? And that was really the gumption. It was more like, Hey, how do I save the company money? How do I save funds? How do I get us to the next level?
1: Love that. That's, 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 that's keeping it simple. You know what I mean? Like that's breaking it down. I love that. Basics. Yeah. But yeah, so um, the gumption and then, and then um, you, you just went on from there and they're like, okay, uh, Stephanie's a go-to person for this or what happened.
2: Yeah. I mean, really, you know, so, so that was it. And, and again, Steven, here's my thing. I had, I had a little girl, I had no family resources. I had no help. And so, Um, around that time, she had kind of started, she'd started school. And so my, my, my days had gotten a lot shorter. So I had to really make an impact when I was in there. Um, I didn't, wasn't able to get into the office till nine. Most of the time I had to leave at three and, you know, I had to do her activities with her and then, you know, lay her down at 730 and then just start working, you know, again, until very late at night to make sure I could get my deadlines and my goals done. So you know it wasn't it wasn't easy and it, and it wasn't straight and it wasn't pretty by any stretch of the imagination and i had to have a lot of really hard conversations with um with you know my bosses and, and other leaders um and and you know it it wasn't easy but i think the biggest thing was is i always jumped in i always was the go-to person and not because i knew the answer just they knew i wouldn't stop until i got the answer from that yes. time on Stephen, that's pretty much when people just started reaching out and saying, Hey, would you come consult? Or, Hey, would you come take a look at this? VCs started saying, Hey, Steph, would you take a look at this deck and let me know what we're missing? Um, and that that's really where things just start, stopped being so, so difficult. People started wanting more of my expertise. People started wanting more of what made the questions so good. What was I thinking? Or is my, you know, what was my point of view?
1: Is it, is it suffice to say you like to keep it simple? Is that, is that, did I nail it with that or? Well,
2: Yes. The thing is, is it wasn't intentional. I wasn't trying to keep it simple. I was in a, I was in a room. I mean, Stephen, I was in rooms with MIT, with Harvard, with Stanford. I was trying to make it as difficult as I possibly could to prove that I belonged in the room. and And everything just kept coming back to, gosh, we're like, we're doing like 30 cycles for something that should take two or three. Like we are wasting so much time. And most of the time, venture capital money, like, let's make this easier on everybody. Let's like, let's let's be impactful and like actually make a difference.
1: Well, it's it, it's refreshing, and and this is that you know that's I guess that's why we're aligned. I'm I'm sort of the same way. Like, just cut the shit and let's go. Let's, let's get to it, right? I mean, we don't need all of this fluff, especially when it's someone else someone else's money. Right, <clears throat> so, right. if you look at your whole story up until this point, we're going to get to some more stuff in a second. But from that part of the portion of the story you told, which should every listener? hear from your story what's the one action item they can implement right now to get resort results short term i know i'm putting you on the spot here but just one thing they can they can take right now and go oh i can implement that right away
2: okay so you know me i'm i don't i'm not super amazingly awesome at following directions i'm going to give three okay here's the three <laughs> the three are listen to everything that's not being said like you can start that right now just talk to somebody and when you're engaging with them look in their eyes and 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 like actually have the conversation take technology out of your hand like actually look at them and and hear everything and see everything that's not being said are they uncomfortable you know are they nervous are they happy are they edgy take a look at all of those things um and, and that's number 1 number 2 ask better questions don't ask questions that are mundane don't ask questions that you don't care about you know don't, don't say, how are you? Ask a different question. Say, you know, how are you feeling today? Or, hey, I noticed on your social media, you had blah, blah, blah. You know, I'd love to catch up on that. Ask really, really strong questions. And then I would say the third thing is, listen to understand, not to respond. Don't wait for somebody to finish speaking. Try to understand their perspective of what they're what they're actually going through. It could be really positive. It could be negative. It could be neutral. It doesn't really matter. Just engage with them and let them know that you are there and you you want to get them to the next level. Lift other people up in every single thing that you do every day.
1: Boom! I love it. That's what I'm talking about. So now we're getting to some juicy stuff, and this could be um, this could be fun. So um, I was drawn to you when I saw a post, a random post. We we weren't even connected. I saw your post on LinkedIn, and it was it was written: "I am a female CEO." And you crossed out the word female, right? I was like, huh. And this really struck me as a powerful statement because it goes against the current identity preaching, right? And since I work with and have amazing relationships with powerful women like Lauren Resnick, who's in the room right now, and Amelia Antonetti, who's also in the room often, um, I had to reach out. I'm like, okay, I need to reach out. And uh, I did. And I got an appointment through your assistant, which I'm not used to, so... Um, that was a, that was a, a new experience again. <laughs> Hopefully she was and, uh, nice to you. Oh, she was awesome. She was awesome. <laughs> and then we did jump on the phone and I, I, it's, I have to say. When I jumped on the phone with you, it was like when I jumped on the phone with Lauren or Amelia, where it was just like, we just hit it off right away. And that leads me to believe that my intuition from the past and all of the businesses that I run and the, the PLCs and the NASDAQ and all that kind of stuff is that I, I always saw the top 15% performers were very few. And they were typically women and I, I always thought, OK, maybe I'm just, you know, maybe I'm just seeing this. Maybe it was my experience. But the more and more I talk to people like you or Amelia or Lauren, I'm like, damn, you know, that these powerful women are out there. So let me ask you this. Why the post? What was the driver for you to post such a provocative statement? I am a female CEO and you crossed out female
2: um okay yeah so this is super putting me on the spot i don't i'm not sure that this is going to be very popular but i'm going to tell you exactly what happened
1: we need the truth Um,
2: okay here you go you ready so i got a very um interesting and and highly inappropriate dm um and basically he was saying things that he wanted to do to me (laughs) and then Right. It was, it was awesome. Um, what was even more awesome is most of the time, I don't man my own, my own social media because I'm with clients. So that was even more interesting, which is a whole other story. Um, but it was, it was, it was not, you know, you know, a lot of times I get, Oh, you're so pretty, or I get, you know, um, thank you for doing this. You know, you're, you're beautiful inside and out. It wasn't like that. It was, it was really, really inappropriate, really inappropriate. And I responded back and I said something to the effect of, I appreciate you reaching out. However, this is, this is highly inappropriate um, you know, please refrain from sending me these messages. Um, I just wanted to let you know that I'll be blocking you moving forward, but you should really consider and think about what you're saying and how you're addressing people. You would never address a, a male in this manner. And I had no longer like, I, so by the way, Steven, I had never done this before. So I was looking for the block. Button. I didn't even know how to do it because I had never blocked anybody before, which was even stranger. Cause I it took me way too long. <clears throat> and he essentially told me that I was only where I was today because of my looks and because of luck and because of having a silver spoon. And I was so, it was funny, my team my team was furious. I was stunned. I, my very first thing was hurt people, hurt people. That's what happens. Um, I wasn't angry, <clears throat> but I did want to educate him because I thought, gosh, you know what, Steven? What if he did that to somebody else who wasn't as strong or who maybe got them to stop or, or you know, maybe just said something really hurtful that made that person not believe in themselves? So I, I wrote a very thoughtful message back and I, I just said to him, I said, you know, I'm, first of all, I address the silver spoon. I address the privilege. I address the female. I address kind of everything in this. And, and it was very succinct. It was very succinct. It was very professional. And looking back on it, I probably shouldn't have said anything at all. And I really didn't say anything for me. I really said something for future women who maybe had not gone through this, maybe were a little younger, um, maybe were a little shakier. You know, I think about me when I was 30 and I probably, that probably would have collapsed me or I would have been like, oh my gosh, what vibe did I give off? I would have put it all on myself. Um, And I didn't. And I wrote this message and three days later, he sent me a three page email um, he apologized profusely. He said that he had, um, had a very negative experience with a female who had resembled me and that he had essentially put me in this box and that he would not ever act in this manner again. And that he would never, ever consider, um, speaking this way or talking this way to somebody else. And that he was really doing it for time and attention. Um, and then he said to me, you really should tell a lot more people your story because it was so inspiring And I was like, I don't, I'm just kind of professional on LinkedIn. Like, I'm not trying to tell anybody, like, who cares? Like everybody's just doing their best and everybody's really trying to show up. And, you know, really like people are just really trying their best, especially right now during the pandemic. Like, I'm not going to go out there and, and, and put all this out there. And so I was talking to our media person and I wrote something that they took from that email, or I'm sorry, that message that I had sent to him. And, um, and, and, and I posted it and, The next day, we had like a million hits on it. And I had 740 DMs from other people saying, just thank you. Like, just thank you. That was amazing. How do I learn more? It was so inspiring. And I had never even had any idea. I didn't even know what viral meant. Um, So I just was authentic and honest and just shared.
1: That's incredible. Um, See, I didn't know that backstory. And it's great that you did that because, or that you shared that because, someone reading it. And I saw some of the snarky comments that also, yeah. happened,
2: you know, right.
1: And and I was like, wow. I mean, even they're even going at you now. I mean, it doesn't matter what you do almost. Right.
2: And right. There's, there's, right.
1: And, and that's the whole point, right? There's always going to be someone out there. There's always going to be people out there and people who are hurt, hurt people, right. Just like you said. And also if people are frustrated are going to go out and lash out because they're trying to get significance and significance is uh, when you're upset, you get significance by putting other people down and it's just horrible, but that's, that's the way it, it, it happens sometimes, I guess. Okay. So, yeah, sure, sure. um, it's, it's, you know, impressive. And I love how you add in between all the, what you're talking here. Like, I didn't even know what the, what, what the block button was, or, you know, <laughs> you, you say, these things, but well, no, but that's real. You know what I'm saying, Stephanie? And that's what I'm talking about. And this, that's, why I dig you. You know, I think you're such a cool person. And we that's why we hit it off because you're freaking real. And I, I, I have to stress that the people that I meet that I connect with the most are real people. They're not coaching the words out. They're not trying to, you know, figure out what to say perfectly so they sound like, you know, whatever whatever. I love that about you and I just wanted to call you out in public to say that. So, uh.
2: <laughs> thank you, Steven. I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean sure. again, like I said, you know, like we talked about on our on our call, you know, sometimes I'm I'm not for everyone for sure, but like I just told you about the whole Forbes thing when they said, "How do you how do you pick a coach? How do you pick, you know, an executive or an entrepreneur entrepreneur coach? How do you pick somebody who's really solid and who's going to actually deliver on results. And I said, you know, the very first thing you do is you ask your coach about their failures. We hear all of these trajectories on winning. Oh, we won. And this is what I've done. And here are my numbers and all of these different things. But I want to know how you failed. I want to know what happened to you when you failed. I want to understand how many times you failed. I want to understand how you picked yourself back up. I want to understand what happened for you next. What were your resources? Who are the people that were surrounding you? And again, probably wasn't the most popular, but, but I, I don't know. I just feel like there's so many things on social media that are just not real. Um, I'm so real. Like I will tell you if I don't know, we just had Steven yesterday, we had a, um, somebody made a fake Instagram account and posted it from me. And we've been trying for 24 hours to figure out how to get this fake Instagram post off and who cares a fake Instagram post, right? Well, When I was getting the screenshots of what they were saying and, you know, come join me in a private chat or, hey, click my link and I'm going to send you these services, just enter $5 here. And we had 3,000 of these emails that were coming in and I was going crazy. I mean, I had to cancel some of my day. Um, My team was going nuts. We were trying to get a hold of Instagram to to tell them at the end of the day yesterday at nine o'clock keep in mind this is my picture it's all my content it's all my clients it's my clients testimonials on a fake account with my name spelled differently okay and and instagram responds back and they say i'm sorry this does not violate the community rules and i was so stunned that people were actually going in and saying hey stephen kuhn would you like to join me in a private chat later and I'm like, oh my, and they're sending me these pictures and I'm literally sweating to death in a conference call going, how do I fix this and how do I make this better for other people? So I don't ever, I don't ever say, hey, I've got all the answers. What I do say is I won't stop until you're well-connected and you are at your next level of success. That's it.
1: Whoa, that's what I'm talking about. You know, we could all sing a song here about those fake accounts. I have some guy that's been stalking me for three years. And he has accounts on every platform. You can imagine he's embezzled over $50,000 from different women. It's horrible. All in my oh, name. Yeah, it's horrible.
2: Lovely. That's amazing.
1: Yeah. Um, but, you know, moving on. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Come on, that's um, so, horrible, Stephen. That's really bad.
1: <laughs> so let's shift gears for a second. Because when I was um, scanning through your post, because after you read a post like that, you're like, okay, what's this? what's this woman all about, right? So another post I saw all years on LinkedIn was your beginning, right? The little Stephanie who lost her father to drowning at the age of 3. And I specifically I specifically wish to discuss your beginnings cuz it's going to show a clear contrast to what was and what is. And and if it's not too, you know, too personal, too too uh, too much, maybe you could share us share with us a little bit of of your of your beginning starting with that when your father um passed.
2: Yeah, sure. Um <clears throat> so uh, my father passed away. He, My father drowned um, when I was three. If that wasn't bad enough, it took him 20 days to recover his body, which was absolutely horrible for my mother. Um, my mother had a full and complete total psychotic break, um, which at the time, you know, nobody really knew what that meant, but she was not able to function after that at all. Um, she became insanely emotionally and uh, verbally and physically abusive to both myself and my younger brother and um it got just unbearable Stephen. it was just ridiculous she was showing up at school and doing crazy things she was you know she had she had burned me with a with a cigarette she had um used a stun gun on my brother it was really bad and um at 15 i was i was like i can't i just can't do this anymore and i had been working odd jobs i'd you know worked at uh, you know, a retail company, Contempo Casuals, which is like a Forever Twenty One. Um, I was working at Foster Farms. I was in school full time, doing terribly in school, just being awful to my teachers, being just a horrible human being to to people that were around me because, again, hurt people, hurt people. Um, and I essentially was trying to figure out. Remember, again, no internet, none of this stuff. I was just talking to people and going, "What can I do? I'm I'm not mad, and I don't want to hurt her. I just want to separate. I just don't want to do this anymore." and um i talked to my oldest aunt and my oldest aunt said you know these are some of the things that you could do and so i went and i got emancipated and it's actually really funny because i mean it's funny now but i i got emancipated so what you do is you petition the court and you basically say to the court that you're an adult and they they check out you know how will you support yourself how will you continue your education how will you do all of these things okay so I go in and I, I have, you know, my character letters from my principal at my school and a couple, you know, other people. And the judge tells me, Miss Malik, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm gonna tell you something right now. In my 30 years on the bench, I have never ever granted an emancipation without like taking it under submission, without you know, checking out some things. He's like, I'm gonna fully grant your emancipation today. And he's like, you know, best of luck. Remember every single thing that you do moving forward you will be an adult you can go get a driver's license if you steal something you will be put in in, in the actual women's facility jail um whatever consequences you have are fully 100 an adult and so i was like you know whatever thumbs up cool i wasn't going to do anything so i walk out and all of a sudden Stephen, i'm like sick i'm like uh how do i get an apartment like who's gonna rent to a 15 year old kid how do i sign a lease how do i get a driver's license like nothing was clear um and so you know that led to me being homeless two or three times and you know couch surfing and all of these crazy things um i got i i applied for college on academic probation because i was way way too young Um, i went to the furthest college i possibly could away from my hometown on a greyhound bus with 126 dollars in my pocket i rented an apartment um, from a woman who housed nine greyhounds inside, I'm sorry, bloodhounds, nine bloodhounds inside of her home, um, which were there was hair everywhere, it was filthy. I got her from a penny saver and I said, I can pay you rent, you know, right now, but deposit will have to be next month. I got a job and was waitressing two different jobs, taking the bus. Um, and I, I, I lived like that for, for two and a half years until I was able to save money, figured out what credit was, figured out kind of what all of those things were, um, taking the bus everywhere, no family support again. First generation here on both sides. My mom was born in Portugal in the Azores and my dad was born in, in the Middle East. Um, and it was really, really, really hard. And I got down with school at 20. Um, I married the first guy who kind of paid attention to me who was a I was at the gym and he was a bodybuilder and everybody said, Oh gosh, he, he doesn't go out with anybody and you should go out with him. And so I somehow thought that was a great idea. I went out with him and we dated for, you know, six or eight months, got married, um, had a baby. We were divorced in eleven months. I paid him alimony. We were fully divorced by the time I was twenty three years old. And now I have this little human looking back at me like, you know, hey, it's you and me, what are we doing here? And that's, that's really how things happened. And, you know, Stephen, you mentioned mentors earlier. You, you know, I had them, but they, they didn't have that name. They were people that, that guided me. They were people that were, really, you know, say, hey, Steph, do this, don't do this. Or, hey, maybe you should think about this. Um, they expanded my brain to things that I didn't even have an idea, um, uh, like, about at all. And, and simple, simple things like, you know, leasing a car opposed to buying a car. Um, just very small things that I never had the chance to develop because I didn't have any parental guidance um, of any sort. And so doing that and then just being a super, super hard worker, um, taking odd jobs, never saying you know no to anything, it, I, I really started to climb the corporate ladder. Um, by the time I was 26 years old, I was making $180,000 a year on a very low base salary, on a $25,000 base salary. Um, and I was connecting with clients and I was co- connecting with customers and I was doing things very, very differently. And it was all around care and concern and compassion and empathy.
1: Do you think that came from, um, what you wanted to see in the world from, from, from where you just, just explained where you came from?
2: You know what, Steven, I think it came from a super fake place. I think I was trying to be older. I think I was trying to be more mature I think I was trying to truly keep my crap together. I think I was emulating what I saw in other people. And I think what happened was I was so young and so junior that I, would, I was trying very hard to act older and act more mature. What happened during that time was people connected with me. So when I would ask the question, because I always meant the question, I, always, I was very genuine in my ask, but I was not genuine maybe in my body language or I wasn't genuine in how I was doing it because I was just watching other people that were older than me that I viewed as successful. I was watching them do it. And so I thought, oh gosh, you know what? I can actually do this too. The difference was people would sit down and connect with me. And the reason why they did that is because I was young, because I was tenacious, because I wanted to learn, because I always did it on their time. Like there are so many times where I would say, I would try and get a meeting and try and get a meeting and try and get a meeting. And they'd be like, nope, 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 nope. And then I would, you know, show up with, you know, a Starbucks coffee or I would show up with food and I would say, let me just walk with you to your car. And I would get five minutes or, you know, 10 minutes, maybe in an elevator to a car. And really, I just wanted to make the connection. Yes, this is a, this would be a good follow-up meeting or no, you know what, this wouldn't be a good meeting. They were so blown away that I was willing to take such a small amount of time on their time that the relationship started to form and develop. So I don't think anything was real about it, truthfully, Stephen, until I started to see how people reacted to me. And then I really wanted to develop that part of me.
1: Well, it sounds like real to me. It sounds like someone who did what it took to survive, adapted what was working around them, used it to their advantage and made something massive out of it. And for that, I gotta say, I'm, I'm very impressed. I mean, it's just, it's really such a pleasure uh to to speak with you and meet you and have this opportunity to interview you and i mean that i'm not just saying that that's not clubhouse fluff right there that's real all right so
2: thank you so much for the opportunity too i really appreciate it i'm brand new on clubhouse i've i've been asked to mod in a few rooms and i was like what does mod mean and they're like the green bean i was like i still don't know what that means give me more
1: (laughs) (laughs) well before we we head out we we have about about 10 15 minutes left we're going to ask we're going to get some questions from um, the, the audience but before we do I want to ask you a question I I just 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 dropped out of my out of my head because I don't know I feel like you're inspiring something in in the world and what do you want for the world what do you want for your world and the impact and legacy what 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 do you want
2: you know so everybody I think everybody knows Trevor Houston um, Trevor Houston, and I had a conversation last or a couple weeks ago and he actually said something to me and, and it was interesting. I've, I've heard it a lot, Stephen. like I've heard it a lot, but when you hear it from somebody who doesn't know you and doesn't know your story and doesn't know like all of these different things um, he said, and, and you know, we're not in person, we were on zoom and I was talking to him and we just had a 10 minute quick conversation. We were, were collaborating on some other things. And um, he said, Stephanie, every single time you show up, You make me feel so special. And that hit me so hard because I've heard that. I've heard that from clients that, you know, you really do care. You know what? Thank you for noticing this. Um, I want to leave this world every single day when I close my eyes at night. I want to make people feel special. I want to make them believe in themselves. I want them to believe that they have the power to do it because if I can do it, anybody can do it. I want to be known as the absolute best mother in the entire world. I want to be known as the best, most honorable wife. I want to be known as a strategic leader. And I want people to believe in the power of that they have their own gifts. Just because there's a rock or just because there's a stumbling block or just because there's something in the way, there are people out there that if you truly ask and you are coming from a great and a genuine place and you say, hey, you know, help me with this and vet, vet this out with me. They will do it. Last night I got a DM at 11.45 last night, and there was a gentleman that was just having a very small issue. And we did 15 messages back and forth, and and he sent me a message this morning at 5.20 and said, you solved this for me. And I said, no, you solved it for you. I just was your sounding board. I just want people to believe in themselves. I want people to make this world a better place through kindness and empathy and grace and self-awareness.
1: Well, uh, you've convinced me. Uh, so. <laughs> So awesome! I mean, what what a what a great I had I didn't no idea what to expect, and I and I like it that way. Um, so say, thanks for taking the time out of your day. We're going to take a few. We have about ten minutes left before the next segment with um, the famous Ramon. And before we do, I'd like to take some questions. Anybody who has any questions for the fabulous Stephanie, flash your mic, Lauren. I see Lauren down there already, my partner.
4: Of course. Hey, Stephen. Hi, Stephanie. So great to hear your stories. Absolutely amazing. And I I 100% have to connect with you offline. Um, You know, something that, uh, not exactly a question, but something that really um, stood out for me was your point about um, mentors or coaches and listening and understanding their failures. I was actually speaking to a client just about this yesterday. And you know, especially on Instagram now, you see a lot of people uh, promote themselves saying, how much they've made each week with clients how successful they are and you see all of that but what we're not seeing is the backstories how long did it take to get there how many failures did it take And i think it's so important for people to resonate with a coach when they do understand that it did take hard work that things did fail and you got out of it and it's the getting out of it that i think is the trick it's the real uh it's the part that connects because i think when when people are looking for a coach they're looking to get either get out of a hard place or to get out of a failure or obviously prevent a failure so i think it's so important that point that you made which is um really understanding how your coach or mentor got through a challenging time as opposed to just being successful now so i wanted to thank you again for your story and um, sharing all those points. I mean, truly inspirational. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you, Lauren. I really appreciate it. And you know, I tell everybody this and like Stephen says, I'm I'm pretty much an open book. Like I'm going to tell you straight. And I tell everybody when they're like, Hey, how did you get so successful so fast? I'm like, Oh yeah, I am literally like the fastest, you know, overnight 10 year success. Um, It's not real it's you have to work really hard when I see laptop lifestyle and toes in the sand I literally get so frustrated it's not real it's not sustainable. You have to grow every single day and be a constant and curious student every single day. People ask me all the time. Do you coach men and women differently. Of course, my methodology is the same, you know, my roadmaps are the same but men and women care about different things and they hear very differently. So yes, I coach them very differently, but is it the same model? Sure, it's the same model. And then the other thing that you said, Lauren, that that super resonates, you know, I started SME and before when the pandemic hit was March 16th, I was in I was in New York City. By March 1st, we had made our revenue numbers for the year. So we had collected the retainers for crisis and for consulting and for coaching for the year. I was booked out through 2022. So so that's a 3 year book out by April 16th I had returned 85% of the retainers because the clients were in crisis and I could not assure them that what they were going to be telling me over Zoom would be safe and would be privileged and wouldn't be able to be accessed by others so within 1 month of going oh hey you're on top of the world to in 1 month having every kid in you know I have 4 fall apart, come home from college, not start school, um, to giving 85% of the retainers back. That's real. I will tell every single person that that's real. I've pivoted the business three different times. And and that's just the truth, the most truth and the honest I could be.
1: Awesome. That's awesome. You know what would be cool is if everybody in the room here, all the mods would go on Instagram today sometime and post one of their failures and their lesson out of it. I think that would be a really cool exercise for everyone to see. Um, Thanks for that inspiration. Um, Because you're right, you know it just doesn't happen that often. So we have any more questions before we head out? We got about six minutes. Anyone else flash your mic or just speak up?
3: Hey, Steven, good morning. Hi, Stephanie. Good morning and everyone else. This is Naida. Um, I'm incredibly compelled by your story, Stephanie. I've been a management consultant in the Washington DC area for almost 20 years. And I've been trying to pivot for the past couple. And I've made probably the most progress ever. I've gotten my first subcontract. Fingers crossed on, in the books, and I've had a few individual clients. But no matter what I do for individual clients and me trying to break out of management consulting because it's the only thing I've done, I find myself uh, going back there um, and working on pivots. Since you brought up because I was going to ask a completely different question, but. I think that might require a private conversation. How, how do I find what it is I'm supposed to do and stick to it? And I apologize in advance if it's convoluted and not clear.
2: This, this isn't, isn't convoluted and it's very, very clear. So first of all, what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask you to DM me on Instagram so we can have that private conversation Second of all, I've done this with about twenty management consulting um, people in the last two years, and what we've come up with is this: okay, you guys are programmed for two years to do things the firm's way. All of your methodology, and 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 by the way, I can tell from you that you have your own flavor, and I can tell that you have your own style. You are lucky; you are one of the lucky ones. There is so many people that it's just like, hey, that's the way the firm does it. That's how. That's you know. That's what happens. Um, what I have found is. Once we can break out of that mold and we can talk about the two or three things that light you up, not the things that you're good at, not the things that you know, you already know what that is. You already know what your experience is. Don't repeat your same experience. Stretch yourself. Think about the things that you absolutely love that lights you up, that doesn't feel like work. Um, The contracts and everything else, getting the subcontract on on the paper, making sure that your contracts are correct and you're protected and all that. We can deal with all of that later. Right now. Think of two or three things that make you so happy and so fulfilled, and you may not even be the best at it right now. Say you're like, say you're a C player. What's it going to take to get you to be that A or B player? I can almost guarantee you that you're selling yourself short. Um, it's it's just programming, and and it's the, it's something that I absolutely love love to work with because just even answering the questions for you, just going through it and hearing what you're gonna say, it'll light me up that we have answers to actually solution this, and you can be well on your way to breaking free from management consulting and going doing something that you're passionate about.
3: I'll be DMing you now, thank
2: you. Great, thank you.
1: That's what I'm talking about right there. That is awesome, I love that, Stephanie. Man, that's what I'm talking about. So we're gonna wrap this up right now. Um, We're gonna move on to the next segment. Uh, Stephanie, I'm going to go on to review what you said. The three things that I took down here um, to repeat to everybody was uh, the three tips that I said, what should everyone take from your story? And you said, listen to everything not being said. You said, ask better questions that you actually care about and listen to understand, not to respond. Um, I think there are three great takeaways that people can implement right freaking now so they could get started and actually start shifting their lives to be a better more successful version of themselves and that's what it's all about would you agree
2: i absolutely would and (laughs) and steven you know what thank you so much for this i really really truly appreciate it you know i get asked to be in rooms all the time but it's not very often that you align with all of the messaging and just hearing the amazing people in this room and their stories listening to glenn this morning you know hearing from sarah um, I've, I, you know, listened to Brielle a few times, like, I really appreciate the invite and how strategically we were aligned. So thank you very much.
1: My absolute pleasure. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Looking forward to catching up. Um, maybe we'll, we'll meet you when I'm in the States there. Sometimes, uh, sometime, I'm not sure uh, if you're gonna be in the same place, but a fantastic day to you. Thanks so much for being here.
2: Thank you so much.
1: All right. Everyone else, I'm going to reset the room, then we're going to hand it over. You are in Breakfast with Champions, a Millionaire Breakfast Club. We're here to bring you motivation, education, inspiration from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern, Monday to Friday, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Saturday, and Club 111 on Sundays. There's no other place... We're nearly 80 thought leaders with this variety of experience and and approaches across industries, as well as offering political and ideological, ideological, hello, beliefs come together in one place. Our goal is to help you succeed. If you're finding value in this room, could we ask you to do one thing? Could you share the Breakfast with Champions podcast with one other person today? Maybe that family member who says, the heck is Clubhouse? Or that friend who seems a little bit stuck in their career. This segment here will will be coming out soon. I think it would be a great one to share with a lot of these powerful women out there that are not following their intuition. So right now, go to breakfastwithchampions.live, click the top link, subscribe to the podcast, and pick any favorite episode to text to a friend or share on social media, and then tag us. How's that sound? I hope you have a fantastic day. Turning it over to my man, Ramon. Have a fantastic one. Remember that one thing that we always say?